0: Hello and welcome to the Forbidden Podcast. I'm Kate, your host, obviously. And today, sorry, I'm looking for my book. And today, we'll be reading um, Chapter 4 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The Letters from No One. And before we do that... We're going to find my book. Because I don't know where it is. Sorry if that's really, a uh-huh. ha. found it. Oh no. There's a fire truck coming. I can't hear it anymore. Sorry, hang on. Sorry about cars. to do except record and get my candy. Okay. Okay. Opening the door with one hand. Um, hang on, I'm just gonna... It's going to be really loud for a second, so I advise you to turn your volume down, especially if you're wearing headphones or earbuds or something like that. Okay, starting in 3, 2, 1. Okay, it's over, just so you know. Sorry, I like ice in my, lots of ice in my water. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize for the cars. Yeah, sorry. Most of the time I'll have to do this in my room anyways. But. Oh my goodness. Okay, hopefully this will work. If it doesn't, I won't be doing it again. Um. Sorry, there's so many cars up my road. And there's a man walking up. Um. So before we begin, (coughs) I wanted to shout out podcast... Sorry, I wanted to shout out a podcast. It's called Swish and Flick, not a Potter podcast. And it's a Harry Potter podcast. If you didn't know, if you didn't get that part, and it's for women. And so I'll just read the description for the book. It says, we are a book club style podcast made up of four friends from each of the houses. Gryffindor. Uh, um, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. We are rereading the Potter series chapter by chapter. And putting together all of our knowledge from the complete canon. As well as adding in what. We have learned from the Wizarding World. We explore unknown areas with fan theories and even come up with some theories of our, and ideas of our own. And be warned, there will be spoilers. We post weekly podcasts and vlogs for you that are all about the Wizarding World. We hope you will... Hi. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, next time I do this outside, so I'm definitely doing it in the backyard. <laughs> um, okay. We post weekly podcasts and vlogs for you that are all about the Wizarding World. We hope you will subscribe to us and follow us on our adventures. So, they have merchandise. Yes, they have merchandise. Um, they have like testimonials. Sorry, um, <clears throat> follow them on Instagram, and everything. Um let's see. They're on Patreon. Sorry, that was a really loud owl. Here comes another one. Sorry, those last two were really loud. Um they're on Patreon. They have a YouTube channel, I believe. Um, I listen to them, and I like them a lot, if you want to visit their website, I'll also put it in the description, but com. that's it, holy crap, there's a lot of cars tonight, um, yeah, Um. I really like them a lot. Um, they're really great. And they just, like, go chapter by chapter, like, it's in the description. They're really funny, too. So, if you like that, go check them out. Swish Flick. Swish and Flick. On Spotify. And it has, like, a purple logo. It's, like, Swish and Flick on it. Yeah. Okay, with that said, let's get on to chapter. Okay, just let me find the page. Oh, it's chapter three Letters from No One. Not chapter four. I know I've said chapter four a few times. It is not chapter four, it is chapter three. Three, excuse me. Okay. Chapter three. Sorry. Chapter three, the letters from no one. The escape of the Brazilian boa constrictor earned Harry his longest ever punishment. By the time he was allowed out of his cupboard again, The summer holidays had started, and Dudley had already broken his new video camera, crashed his remote control airplane, and first first time out on his racing bike, bike, knocked down old Missus Fig as she crossed Privet Drive on her crutches. Harry was glad school was over, but there was no escaping Dudley's gang, who visited the house every day, every single day. Piers, Dennis, Malcolm, and Gordon were all big and stupid, but as Dudley and was the biggest and stupidest of the lot. He was the leader. The rest of them were quite happy to join in Dudley's favorite sport, hunting Harry hunting. This is this was why Harry spent as much time as possible out of the house, wandering around and thinking about the end of the holidays, where he could see a tiny ray of hope. When some when September came he would be going off to secondary school, and for the first time In his life, he wouldn't be with Dudley. Dudley had been accepted to Uncle Vernon's old private school, Smeltings. Piers Polkis was going there, too. Harry, on the other hand, was going to Stonewall High, the local public school. Dudley thought this was very, very funny. They stuffed people's heads down the toilet the first day at Stonewall, he told Harry. Want to come upstairs and practice? "'No, thanks,' said Harry. "'The poor toilet's never had anything as horrible as your head stuck down it. "'It might be sick.' "'Then he ran before... "'Aunt on my blanket.' (coughs) Um, "'Then he ran before Dudley could work at what he'd said. "'One day in July, Aunt Petunia took Dudley to London to buy him (coughs) "'his smelting's uniform.' Leaving Harry, leaving Harry, Mrs. Figgs. Mrs. Figg wasn't as bad as usual. She tur- it turned out she'd broken her leg tripping over one of her cats, and she didn't seem quite as fond of them as before. She let Harry watch television and gave him a bit of chocolate that tasted as though she had it for several years. That evening, Dudley paraded around the living room for the family in his brand new uniform. Smelting's boys wore maroon tailcoats, orange knickerbockers, and flat straw hats called boaters. They also carried knobbly sticks for used for hitting each other while they while the teachers weren't looking. <clears throat> this was supposed to be good training for later life. As he looked at Dudley in his new knickerbockers, Uncle... Uncle Vernon said gruffly that he was the pro- it was the proudest moment of his life. Aunt Petunia burst into tears and said she couldn't believe it was her ill-deadlykins. She- he looked so handsome and grown up. Harry didn't trust himself to speak. He he thought two of his ribs might already have cracked from trying not to laugh. They are going very fast. There was a horrible smell in the kitchen the next morning when Harry went for breakfast it seemed to be coming from a large metal tub in the sink he ha- he went to have a look the tub was full of what looked like dirty rags swimming in gray water "What's this?" he asked Petu- Aunt Petunia her lips tightened as they always did if she dared to ask if he dared to ask a question "Your new school uniform," she said Harry looked into the bowl again Oh, he said, "I didn't realize it had to be so wet." Don't be stupid," snapped Aunt Petunia. "I'm dyeing some of Dudley's old things gray for you. It'll just—it'll look just like everyone else's when we, I finished." Harry seriously doubted this, but thought it best not to argue. He sat down at the table and tried not to think about how he was going to look on his first day at Stonewall High. He, like he was wearing bits of old elephant skin, probably. Dudley and Uncle Vernon came in, both wrinkled, both with wrinkled noses because of the smell of Harry, from Harry's new uniform. Uncle Vernon opened his newspaper as usual, and Dudley banged his melting stick, which he carried everywhere, on the table. They heard a click of the mail slot and flop and flop of letters on the doormat. Get the mail, Dudley, said Uncle Vern- Vernon from behind his paper. Make you Harry get it. Get the mail, Harry. Make Dudley get it. Poke him with your smelting stick, Dudley. Harry dodged the smelting stick and went to get the mail. Three things lay on the doormat. A postcard from Uncle Vernon's sister, Marge, <clears throat> who was vacationing on the Isle of Wight, a brown envelope that looked like a bill and a letter for Harry. Harry picked it up and stared at it, his heart twanging like a guitar, like like a giant elastic band. No one ever in his whole life had written to him. Who would? He had no friends, no other relatives. He didn't belong he didn't belong to the library, so he'd never even gotten rude notes asking for books back. oh okay yet here it was a letter addressed so plainly there there could be no mistake mr h potter the cupboard under the stairs number four private drive little Winging, surrey the envelope was thick and heavy made of yellowish parchment and the address was written in emerald green ink there was no stamp hang on, I'm going to check how long the chapter is, just one second, for me it'll be like two minutes, but for you it'll be like point five milliseconds, (laughs) okay, so it's 14, uh, 14 pages, um, and I thought of splitting it, but I'd rather read 14 pages than 7 pages, so we're just gonna read the whole chapter, and we won't split it, to two episodes just do the whole chapter so let's continue turning the envelope over his hand trembling Harry saw a, pur- a purple wax seal bearing a coat of arms a lion an eagle a badger and a snake surrounding a large letter H hurry up boy shouted uncle Vernon from the kitchen what are you doing checking, le- checking for letter bombs he chuckled as his a joke Terry went back into, back to the kitchen, still staring at his letter. He handed Uncle Vernon the bill and the postcard, sat down, and slowly began to open the yellow envelope. Okay, I'm just gonna say he should have slipped it into his cupboard. It was so stupid of him to open it in front of his family. I'm just gonna. So whoa, there's a roly poly on my blanket that scared me. Um any anyway, that it was really stupid of him to open it in front of them. Anyways, back to the chapter. Uncle Vernon ripped open the bill, snorted in disgust, and flipped over the postcard. Marzil, he informed Aunt Petunia, ate a funny whelk. Sorry. Dad said Dudley suddenly, um, Dad, Harry's got something. Harry was on the point of unfolding his letter, which was written on the same heavy parchment as the envelope when it was jerked sharply out of his hand by Uncle Vernon. That's mine, said Harry, trying to snatch it back. Who would be writing to you, sneered Uncle Vernon, shaking the letter open with one hand and glancing at it. His face went from red to green, faster than a set of of traffic lights, and it didn't stop there. Within seconds, it was grayish-white of old porridge. p petunia he gasped. Dudley tried to grab the letter and to read it, but Uncle Vernon held it high out of his reach. And Petunia took it curiously and read the first line. For a moment, it looked as though she might faint. She clutched her throat and made a choking noise. Vernon! Oh my goodness! Vernon! They stared at each other, seeming to have forgotten that Harry and Dudley were still in the room. Dudley wasn't used to being ignored. He gave his father a sharp tap on the head with his smelting stick. "'I want to read that letter,' he said loudly. "'I want to read it,' said Harry furiously, as it's mine. "'Get out, both of you,' croaked Uncle Vernon, stuffing the letter back inside its envelope." Harry didn't move. "I want my letter," he shouted. "Let me see it," demanded Dudley. Out roared Uncle Vernon, and he took both Harry and Dudley by the scruffs of their necks and threw them out into the hall, slamming the kitchen door behind them. Harry and Dudley prompted prom- Harry and Dudley promptly had a furious but silent fight over who would listen at the keyhole. Dudley won, so Harry his glass so, Harry, his glasses dangling from one ear, lay flat on his stomach to listen at the crack between the door and the floor. Okay. I'll stop. But I will not split it into two chapters. I will just come back and record more after dinner cause my parents just got home. So, again, for you it'll be one second, for me it'll be like an hour and a half. Bye bye Okay. I'm back. And it has been a few hours. So, let me get my book. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, let me find where 3:30 something. Okay. So let me find out where I left off. Here. You know what? I'm just going to stop the recording and then listen to the last recording I made and see where I was. So, again, again. For you, one second. For me, like 30, 30 seconds. Okay, be right back. Vernon, Aunt Virginia was saying in a quivering voice. Look at the address. How could they possibly know where he sleeps? You don't think they're watching the house? Watching, spying, might be following us, muttered Uncle Vernon wildly. "'But what should we do, Vernon? Should we write back? Tell them we don't want?' Harry could see Uncle Vernon's shiny black shoes pacing up and down the kitchen. "'No,' he said finally. "'No, we'll ignore it. If if they don't get an answer, yes, that's best. We won't do anything. "'But I'm not having one in the house, Petunia. "'Didn't we swear when we took him in we'd swamp out that dangerous nonsense?' That evening, when he got back home from work, Uncle Vernon did something he'd never done before. He visited Harry in his cupboard. "'Where's my letter?' said Harry the moment Uncle Vernon had squeezed through the door. "'Who's writing to me?' "'No one. It was addressed to you by mistake,' said Uncle Vernon shortly. "'I've burned it.' "'It was not a mistake,' said Harry angrily. It "'It had my cupboard on it.' "'Silence!' yelled Uncle Vernon.' and a couple of spiders fell from the ceiling. He took a few a few deep breaths, then forced his face into a smile again, into a smile, which looked quite painful. Er, yes, Harry. <coughs> About this cupboard. Your aunt and I have been thinking you're really getting a bit big for it. We think it might be nice if you moved into... Dudley's second bedroom. Why? said Harry. Don't ask questions, snapped his uncle. Take this step upstairs now. The Dursleys' house had four bedrooms, one for Uncle Vernon and Petunia, one for his visitors, usually Uncle Vernon's sister, Marge, one where Dudley slept, and one where Dudley kept all his toys and things that wouldn't fit into his first bedroom. It only took Harry one trip upstairs to move everything he owned from the cupboard to his room. He sat down on the bed and stared around him. Nearly everything in here is broken. The month-old video camera was lying on top of a small working tank. Dudley had once driven over to the next-door neighbor's dog, over the next-door neighbor's dog. In the corner was Dudley's first-ever television set, which he'd put his foot through when his favorite program had been canceled. There was a huge bird cage, which once, which had once held a parrot that Dudley had swapped at school for a real-life rifle, which was up on the shelf with the end of all, with the end all bent because Dudley had sat on it. Other shelves were full of books. Other shelves were full of books. They were the only things in the room that looked as though they'd never been touched. From downstairs came the sound of Dudley bawling at his mother. "I don't want him in there. I need that room. Make him get out." Harry sighed and stretched out on the bed. Yesterday he'd been—he'd have given anything to be up here. Today he'd rather be back in his cupboard with that letter up than up here without it. Next morning, at back <coughs> Next morning at breakfast, everyone was rather quiet. Dudley was in shock. He'd screamed, whacked his father with his smelting stick. Been sick on purpose. Kicked his mother and thrown his tortoise through the greenhouse roof. And he still didn't have his room back. Harry was thinking about this time yesterday and bitterly wishing he'd opened the letter in the hall. Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia kept looking at each other darkly. When the mail arrived, Uncle Vernon, who seemed to be trying to be nice to Harry, made Dudley go and get it. They heard him banging things with his melting stick all the way down the hall. Then he shouted, There's another one, Mr. H. Potter, the smallest bedroom, number four, four Privet Drive. With a strangled cry, Uncle Vernon leapt from his... A seat and ran down the hall, Harry right behind him. <gasps> <gasps> Uncle Vernon had res- had to wrestle Dudley to the ground to get the letter back from to get the letter from him. Uncle Vernon had to Oh <clears throat> I my miss which was made difficult by the, t- by the fact that Harry had grabbed Uncle Vernon around the neck from behind. After a minute of confused fighting, in which everyone got hit bu- a lot by the smelting stick, Uncle Vernon straightened up, gasping for breath, with Harry's letter, sh- letter <gasps> <gasps> cr- clutched in his hand. Go to your cupboard. I mean, your bedroom, he wheezed at Harry. Dudley, go. Just... Harry walked round and round his new room. Someone knew he had moved out of his cupboard, and they seemed to know he hadn't received his first letter. Surely that meant they'd try again, and this time he'd make sure they didn't fail. He had a plan. He repaired the... He repaired the... The... The repair... The... My goodness. The repaired alarm clock rain rang at six o'clock the next morning harry turned it off quickly and dressed silently silently he mustn't make the dursleys he stole he stole downstairs without turning on any of the lights he was going to wait for the postman on the corner of Privet drive to get the letters from number four his heart hammered as he crept across the dark hall toward the front door What? harry leapt into the air he'd trodden on 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 something big and Squashy on the doormat, something alive. Lights clicked on upstairs, and to his horror, Harry Harry realized that the big Squashy something had been his uncle's face. Uncle Vernon had been lying at the foot of the front door in a sleeping bag, clearly making sure Harry didn't do exactly what he'd been trying to do. He shouted at Harry for at least half an hour for about half an hour, then told him to go up, go and make a cup of tea. Harry shuffled miserably off to, into the kitchen, and by the time he got back, the mail had arrived right in, into Uncle Vernon's lap. Harry could see three letters addressed in green ink. I want, he began, but Uncle Vernon was tearing the letters into pieces before his eyes. <clears throat> Uncle Vernon didn't go to work that day. He stayed home and nailed up the mail slot. See, he explained to Aunt Petunia through a mouthful of nails, they can't deliver. If they can't deliver them, they'll just give up. I'm not sure that'll work, Vernon. Oh, these people's minds work in strange ways, Petunia. They're not like you and me," said Uncle Vernon, trying to knock in, in a nail with the piece of fruit cake, with the piece of fruit cake Aunt Petunia had just brought him. On Friday, no less than 12 letters arrived for Harry. As they couldn't go through the mail slot, they had been pushed under the door, slotted through the sides, and a few even being forced through the small window in the downstairs bathroom. Uncle Vernon stayed at home again. After burning all the letters, he got out a hammer and nails and boarded up the cracks around the front back, and back doors so no one could could go out. He hummed tiptoe through the tulips as he worked and jumped at small noises. On Saturday, things began to get out of hand. Twenty-four letters to Harry found their way into the house, rolled up and hidden, hidden inside each of the two dozen eggs that their very confused milkman had handed Aunt Petunia, through the living room window, while Uncle Vernon made furious telephone calls to the post to the post office and the dairy, trying to find someone to complain to, Aunt Petunia shredded the letters in her food processor. Processor, who on earth wants to talk to you this badly? Dudley asked Harry in amazement. On Sunday morning, Uncle Vernon sat down at the breakfast table, looking tired and rather ill, but happy. No post on Sundays, he reminded them cheerfully as he spread marmalade on t- on his newspapers. No darn letters today! Something came whizzing th- down the kitchen chimney as he spoke and caught him sharply on the back of the head. Next moment, 30 or 40 letters came pelting out of the fireplace like bullets. The Dursleys ducked, but Harry leapt into the air trying to catch one. Out! Out! Uncle Vernon seized Harry around the waist and threw him into the hall. When Aunt Petunia and Dudley had run run out with their arms over their faces, Uncle Vernon slammed the door shut. They could hear the letters still streaming into the room, bouncing off the walls and floor. That does it, said Uncle Vernon, trying to speak calmly but pulling great tufts out of his mustache at the same time. I want you all to I want you all back here in five minutes, ready to leave. We're going away. Just peck some clothes. No arguments. <coughs> he looked so dangerous with half his mustache missing that no one <coughs> dared argue. Ten minutes later they had They had wrenched their way through the boarded up doors and were in the car speeding toward the highway. Dudley was sniffling in the back seat. His father had hit him around the head for holding them up while he tried to pack his television, VCR, and computer in his sports bag. They drove and they drove. Even Aunt Petunia didn't dare ask where they were going. Every now and then, Uncle Vernon would take a sharp turn and drive in the opposite direction for a while. shake him off. Shake him off. He would mutter whenever he did this. They didn't stop or drink they didn't stop to drink to. they didn't stop to eat or drink all day. By nightfall Dudley was howling. He'd never had such a bad day in his life. He was hungry. He had missed five television programs he wanted to see, and he'd never gone so long without blowing up an alien on his computer. Uncle Vernon stopped at last inside a gloomy looking hotel of the outskirts of a big city. Dudley and Harry shared a room with twin beds and damp, musty sheets. Dudley snored, but Harry stayed awake, sitting on the windowsill, staring down at the lights of passing cars and wondering. They ate stale cornflakes and cold tin tomatoes for- on toast for breakfast the next day. They had just finished when the owner of the hotel came over to their table. Excuse me, but... Is one of you, Mister H. Potter? I only got about uh, a an an hundred of these at the front desk. He, she held up a letter. She held up a letter so they could read the green ink address: Mister H. Potter, Room Seventeen, Railview Hotel, Cookworth. Harry made a grab for the letter, but Uncle Vernon knocked at his him knocked his hand out of the way. The woman stared. I'll take them. said Uncle Vernon, standing up quickly and following her from the dining room. Wouldn't it be better if we wouldn't it be better just to go home, dear? Aunt Petunia suggested timidly hours later. But Uncle Vernon didn't seem to hear her. Exac- exactly what he was looking for none of them knew. He drove them into the middle of a forest, got out, looked around, shook his head, got back in the car, and off they went again. The same thing happened in the middle of a plowed field, halfway across a suspension bridge, and at the top of a multi level parking garage. Daddy's gone mad, hasn't he? Dudley asked Aunt Petunia dully late that afternoon. Uncle Vernon had parked at the coast, locked them all inside the car, and disappeared. Started to rain. Great drops beat on the roof of the car. Dudley snivelled. It's Monday, he told his mother. The great Humberto's on tonight. I want it I want to stay somewhere with the television. Monday. This reminded Harry of something. If it was Monday And you could usually count on Dudley to know the days of the week because of the television. Then tomorrow, Tuesday, was Harry's 11th birthday. Of course, his birthdays were never exactly fun. Last year, the Dursleys had given him a coat hanger and a pair of Uncle Vernon's old socks. Still, you weren't 11 every day. Uncle Vernon was back and he was smiling. He was also carrying a long, thin package and didn't answer Aunt Petunia, when she asked what he'd bought, found found the perfect place, he said. Come on, everyone out. It was very cold outside the car. Uncle Vernon was pointing at what looked like a large rocky way, rock way out on the sea. Perched on top of the rock was the most miserable little shack you could imagine. One thing was certain, there was no television in there. "Storm forecast for tonight," said Uncle Vernon gleefully, clapping his hand, clapping his hands together. And this gentleman's quite kindly agreed to lend us his boat. A toothless old man came ambling up to them, pointing with a rather wicked grin at an old rowboat bobbing in the iron-gray water below them. "I've already got us some" Rations said Uncle Vernon. So all aboard. It was freezing in the boat. Icy sea spray and rain crept down their necks, and a chilly wind whipped their faces. After what seemed like hours they reached the rock where Uncle Vernon, slipping and sliding, led the way to the broken down house. The inside was horrible, it smelled strongly of seaweed. The the wind whistled through the gaps in the wooden walls, and the fireplace was damp and empty there were only two rooms uncle vernon's rations turned out to be a bag of chips each and f- a bag of chips each and four bananas he tried to start a fire but the empty chip bags just smoked and shrivelled up could we do with some of those letters now eh he said cheerfully could do with some of those letters now, eh? He said cheerfully, he was in a very good mood, obviously he thought nobody stood a chance of reaching them here in this in a storm to deliver mail. Harry privately agreed, though he though the thought didn't cheer him up at all as night fell he prom, he promised storm the as night fell, the promised storm blew up around. Then the spray from the high waves splattered on the walls of the hut. And a fierce wind rattled the filthy windows. Aunt Petunia found a few moldy blankets in the second room and made up a bed for Dudley on the moth-eaten sofa. She and Uncle Vernon... Went off to the lumpy bed next door, and Harry was left to find the softest bit of floor he could and crawl up under the thinnest, most ragged blanket. The storm raged for more and more ferociously as the night went on. Harry couldn't sleep. He shivered and turned over, trying to get more, com- trying to get comfortable. His stomach, his stomach, rumbling with hunger. Dudley's snores. Were drowned by the low rolls of thunder that started near the near midnight. The lighted dial, oh, the lighted dial of Harry, of Dudley's watch, which was dangling over the edge of the sofa, on his fat wrist, told Harry he'd be eleven in ten minutes' time. He lay and watched his birthday take nearer, wondering if the Dursleys would remember it all, wondering where the letter writer was now. Five minutes, ago, five minutes to go, Harry heard something creak outside. He hoped the roof wasn't going to fall on, although he might be warmer if it did. Four minutes to go. Maybe the house in Privet Drive would be so full of letters when they got back he'd be able to steal one somehow. Three minutes to go. Was that the sea slapping hard on the rock like that? And, and two minutes to go. What was that funny crunching noise? Was the rock crumbling into the sea? One minute to go and he'd be eleven. Thirty seconds. Twenty. Ten. Nine. Maybe he'd wake. Maybe he'd wake Dudley up just to annoy him. Three. Two. One. Boom. The whole shack shivered. And Harry sat bolt r- bolt upright, staring at the door. Someone was outside knocking to come in. So that is the end of the chapter. Um, next week, or sorry, the phone I'm using keeps turning off. Ooh. Okay, that was weird. Thought it was dead for a second. Um, next week, or next time I record, I'll be reading The Keeper of Keys, Chapter 4. Um. So, again, thank you so much for listening. Um. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. And, um, like, just be nice in general. Um, I don't know if you can rate podcasts on Anchor, but if you're listening on Anchor, if you're just listening, rate it if you can, rate it if you don't think it's good, I still advise you to give me a a decent rating, because I'm trying my best, and I've never done a podcast by myself before, but anyways, I hope you like the podcast, I'm enjoying doing this, um... Yeah, um, yes, I don't know when I'll be recording next, I don't know, but, just as a reminder, Swish and Flick podcast, that's the podcast you should listen to, if you're looking for another Potter podcast, I'll put the, the name, the podcast name, and the website name for them in the episode description, So, thank you again so much for listening. Goodbye.